and it's another good afternoon and welcome to another Sunday session of Two Smoking Guns. Uh, you're with Scotty and Rutsy. What, uh, what have you got on your head there, Well, uh, Rutsy, uh, now I'm taking things very seriously, <laughs> yeah, as, as, as you know. And uh, I don't, I think you probably saw that coming. But um, now, I, as I say, uh, things are pretty bad, so we've actually got to put on a mask. <laughs> but I won't be able to do that because I can't, be, can't talk. But um, So, no, we're trying to wear a mask. Yes, so, but uh, you've got on a Zorro mask. I've got, got a Zorro mask <laughs> on my head. <laughs> so I just thought I'd, you know... Uh, nice I, visual I gag doing, to kick the show Just off. doing my community piece, old mate. Very yeah, good, just mate. Just to make sure, but uh, no, in all seriousness, um, as long as we're Where did you get that out of the costume shop, oh, did you, mate? Out yeah, of the party, no, uh, you know, party drawer? No, oh, oh, well, I was doing my food shopping, and it just happened to be next to one of those little <laughs> sort of $2 cheapy shops. Very and uh, So I thought I'd go... Uh, I thought I'd just brighten things up and uh, have a crack at that. Good afternoon to you, Oh, son. good day, mate. <laughs> Nothing's changed. We're still in lockdown. Still in, we're just in a different we, version of it. ISO 2.1 2. or something. 2.0, yeah, version 2.0. Yeah, Reboot, restart, back Re, to the future, all that jazz. Everything. And, then, you know, and then talking about it being six weeks and, the, and those poor people in the high-rise where they've had their big breakout, they were told five days and now they're 14. And yes. Couldn't get meals to them, and they couldn't get up, and they couldn't get down, they couldn't go out, they couldn't go in, and um, anyway, I, we're, we're fearing as well as we can, but we're, we're here as usual, just boxing on doing our community service. As we do. As we do, old son. And, and we've got uh, tons of stuff to get through today. We do. And in addition to the stuff that's going on in the world, we've got, uh, I've got a little bit for you on uh, Trump and Biden, and a um, bit of interesting stuff around that. I've done some research. Well done. I've got some stuff don't on. Get, don't get ahead of yourself. No, I've done a bit of research. Um, I've got uh, a little bit on Wimbledon. Oh, very good. I've got a little bit on eggs. Oh, I saw that. Eggs. Yeah, have you rung the lawyers? No. Yeah, because um, I think they made reference to us, didn't they? They did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to leave that smoking with you. Smoking eggs. Yeah, yeah, smoking eggs. Um, Come on. Got a bit on bikies today. <sighs> there was time for a bit of bikey action. <laughs> Yours. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I've got to be really careful around this oh, one, too. No names, no pack frills, oh, and no fixed address. <laughs> no, not at all. So I'm tap dance around yeah, that uh, way. And we're not broadcasting anywhere near where you think we are. No, that's right. <laughs> yes. It's an, anyway. this, this station is not, not of known my I'm sure you'll dance around that nicely. I will. I've got a bit on De Niro as well today. You do it, you do it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I got a bit on Johnny Depp. Got any Johnny Depp action? Oh, I tell you what. I mean, it, it, is, is he as loose as a goose as, well, as it seems? Well, the pair of them. It's him Both of them? Him and his uh, yeah. ex-girlfriend. Are, yeah. Was it them that tried to oh, smuggle their dogs in here years ago? And yeah, then Boo Boo and Pooch oh, and whatever their names are. On their private jet. And uh, I got a little bit on Celebrity Smackdown today. It's oh. like the WWE. <laughs> or is it this Saturday night? It's Channel Saturday 9. Night. <laughs> Ringside at Festering Hall. Oh, Festering Hall. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, um, no, I did read I've, that. I've, got, like, I've got some great stuff today. And I yep. just came across my socials. Bad analogies written by high school, school students last year in their essays. Right. So this would be they're, they're absolutely priceless. Yeah. And... Um, I got that's well, I got a bunch of other stuff, and yep. we're continuing our theme round two from last week. Oh, because we couldn't get enough of fire songs, oh, so we're going with more songs about fire. Right this week, 
Are we going to have earth, wind, and fire? This no, week? we're not. <laughs> oh, no, that's we're not. two weeks on a row. <laughs> <laughs> what do you no, got? For very good. Oh, mate, I've got a few things uh, going on. Um, I'm going to dance into the world of uh, the Falconios. Oh, yes. Well, I saw um, that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. In fact, there's a um, there's a doco on tonight. I'm not sure uh, if it runs for more it's weeks, a, but yeah. I'm told it's been already released in the UK. It was a four part series. And apparently there allegedly is some very, very interesting aspects to the case. And I've just got to pricey uh, a few of those and share them with you um, because uh, it is alleged that uh, somebody um, sort of attached to the case um, believed that old mate who was uh, done for the um, crime Mm. um, through the court system, uh, he believed that uh, that he was guilty at the time. Uh, and he now firmly believes, allegedly, allegedly. that um, thanks, Buffy. Um, <laughs> allegedly, that he's of the firm belief that he's actually an innocent man in custody. Well, so it's, uh, that's um, startling. Uh, so that's sort of in line with our button man, and yeah, you know, startling <laughs> our little, well, he looks a bit our little theme. So, and then I've got uh, some ice cream propaganda out of Russia. Uh, oh yes, and then I've got a pool. Um, Poo prankster? <laughs> wait, right. wait, till you, wait till you hear about where he broke into. Can't wait. Um, and then I've actually got oh, there's some. There was some lockdown fact uh, fact sheet that, yes. you know, that was in the paper. So telling us what we can and can't do. Yep. I just love to share with you a little typo I picked up. Oh, so, very good. Which made it uh, interesting reading. And then I, I came across a piece about um, James Rain. And uh, oh, I read. Rain. I read the friend uh, of the program. Friend of the program. Uh, I read the article. Uh, I think he's well, is he is he seventy two now? Would that be right? Am oh, I quoting that correctly? Look, I, I don't think know. He, anyway, I don't think uh, it that, wasn't I'm actually sure. about. Uh, it wasn't about the words written about him. Um, he was. I and, and if memory serves, I think he and the reporter actually went and had a quick bite to eat somewhere. And uh, what caught my attention was the bill <laughs> and what was on it. And I'm going to share that with you later. He's 63. So hang on, hang on. 63. Oh, 63. So well, you've done him a disservice. A million apologies, and I uh, unreservedly take it all back um, that I got it wrong. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's old um, horses that's 72. Is that right? Darryl oh, Daryl would be. Yeah, Daryl's a bit Darryl. older. Um, I suppose just a quick, maybe straight off the top too, uh, old mate, um, very sad news about the passing of um, Chumpy. Yes, Chumpy Pullen. Yeah, Chumpy Pullen. So uh, there was a, a, a beautiful piece actually written by his um, girlfriend, and um, and I thought I'd actually brought it with me, but it looks as though it has escaped me. Um, it was the most humbling um, thing I've ever read um, in in light of the situation. And, um, you know, she just talked about the fact that he just lived every day like it, there was no tomorrow, and... Um, yeah, he you know he's he was a surfer. He was a, a he could play the guitar. He obviously a champion snowboarder, internationally renowned at Olympian. Um, but apparently, just all around super duper nice bloke. And hmm. what a tragedy for him and his family and um, and everybody associated with him. So, um, Chumpy, thanks for the memories and um, may you rest in peace. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so coming off. Um, Coming off that, I'm going to share something with you that I hadn't, uh, we hadn't even talked about. That's uh, really, really scary. <clears throat> and in fact, uh, I've just scarier than the button. Man. I'll tell you what, it's it's not far off. Um, I'm going to tell you about something that happened with an iPhone. 
And I've just got to get one more piece of information, which I'll reach out to shortly. Mm-hmm. So we'll do it a little bit down the track, but this is going to scare the pants off you. Really? Yep. Literally or figuratively? Uh, well, uh, there are curtains that I could draw here <laughs> just in case. No. Um, but it's, uh, it's eye-watering and mind-boggling. Uh, well, and it's apparently, saying pants coming down and eye watering. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned about what you're going to do with your phone. But I, um, and what is even more concerning is that I spoke to a younger member of my family, and um, they indicated to me, oh, duh, as if you didn't know that was happening. So wait, I've just got, oh. I've just got to get the second piece. Okay. So let, yeah, come back to me on that if you would. So I shall. over to you. Okay, we're going to let's off, kick things we're off. We're kicking off today with the uh, the cartoon character that is Donald Trump. Oh, <laughs> lovely! <laughs> just in a bit of lighthearted fun, I thought we'd kick the show off yep. with a bit of stuff about him. Lovely. He's um, uh, Donald Trump was forced on Friday to call off an election rally, further darkening his mood as he lashed out at China over the China. virus whilst visiting one of the worst-hit states. He jetted into Florida for a high-dollar campaign fundraiser and other events, ignoring health advice about the dangers of large gatherings, of course, to focus on boosting his increasingly shaky re-election prospects in a must-win state. The US is obviously very hard hit by the virus. More than 3.1 million have it, 133,000 dead, 4,100 died in Florida. Um so uh, polls obviously show him trailing, and I'll go into more of that at the moment. So he's trailing uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. But um, Does Joe stand a chance? Well, I'm going to take you through that. Oh, he good. stands a very good chance. Does he? Yes. Right. Yes. So um, he, uh, his last rally was in, on June 20 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, attendees refusing, refusing to wear masks or engage in social distancing. And then coronavirus cases jumped in Tulsa the weeks after the rally, of course, with health officials saying it was more than likely that major events were a factor. So he's gone to Florida to have a rally, but uh, under health concerns, they cancelled it. So um, that's, uh, that's actually good news, I think, for, for Trumpy. Is, is there hope for the world? Yes, that's, that's good. So you asked the question, and I did some research. So the current polls in the US, Scotty. Yes. Have um, this is out of um, kind of well, I'm just looking at the percentages and they don't really add up. But there must be a couple of other swings. So those leaning towards Biden, 54. Those leaning towards Trump, 44. So there's oh. obviously two basis points gone missing there. There must be something else. Yes. <laughs> don't is, know is what's there going another on candidate that we're all these add, all these add up to 98. So I don't know what's happening with the two percent. <laughs> Maybe that's China. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly, oh. um, and would not perhaps not surprisingly, Scotty, <laughs> I think more women are going to for Biden than yeah, Trump, which is probably unsurprising to many. Oh, and men are split pretty evenly. Are they? Hmm. Um, They've just got to vote. White, that's the th- white, white fellas in America yeah. more are leaning towards Trump. Oh, are they? The converse amongst the black population, which yeah. are almost all for Biden. For Biden. But with, As are the Hispanics. But they've got to vote. Mm, they've got to the turn out I mean, and vote. This is polling. You, you've got to do it. Surpri- probably unsurprisingly as well, younger people are going towards Biden and yeah. older people yeah. going towards Trump. A bit more set in their ways. Mm. Uh, educated people are going towards Biden. Less yep. educated people going towards Trump. Right. Again, 
unsurprisingly. <laughs> Is it broken down by geography in terms of what about down deep down south? Well, Is that's that's red country. There? That's all Trump country, right? right? That's all you know deeply. So, where, so where's that's uh, where you're uneducated. So where's Joe? Is Joe on the coasts and up north, or yes, is he? So I haven't got the map, but um, righto. But uh, that'll give you an indication that overall he's winning the race. And uh, I also did a bit of extra research on the, the wives of the two contenders. Obviously, you've got Melania. Melania, yep. And uh, Melania's 50, a former model. Um, was she course. one of those? Uh, was she one of those angel girls? Oh, she might have been in that in that mix. <laughs> but what I found interesting, Victoria's Secret as well. Yeah, she might have been one of those. I think she might have been. So, um, in one of his pageants that he used to run anyway. <laughs> so, what I like about this article goes on in yep. in some detail about um, um, Jill Biden, Doctor Jill Biden, oh, an educated woman. She has a um, a professor of literature, so she's very right. articulate. Yes, um, she's a she's a campaigner in her own right, right. and um, she obviously was second lady. For, yes. for quite some time under the Obama administration, where yes. Joe was was um, vice, president. vice president. Yes, so she's got deep experience. She's got hold, form. Holds her own very well. And, yep. um, you know, because Melania is quite reclusive, you know, doesn't do any interviews, doesn't have any missions or purposes or pet projects or anything of that nature, whereas Dr. Biden would be a return to the more traditional holder of the position, says the article. Right. Any person who has spent eight years being second lady is at the greatest possible advantage. Once they hit the White House, they are ready to go. And so I think they make a pretty formidable team. So we're just going to see how the voting works out. But the interesting thing in this article, Scotty, yes. was um, when Trump came to power, yep. Melania waited five months to join her in the White House after he was inaugurated. Right. Instead, she spent the first half of 2017 at the couple's New York base, ostensibly so their 11-year-old son, Baron, Baron. could finish his school year before she took up the, uh, the role as First Lady. Right. According to a new biography, the Slovenian-born model <laughs> became, who became Trump's third wife yeah. After a five-year courtship in two thousand and five, right. has also used those early months in two thousand seventeen yes. to renegotiate the couple's prenuptial oh, agreement. My goodness <laughs> me. Really? Yes. So, um, Pulitzer Prize-winning author Mary Jordan wrote that Mrs. Trump needed to cool off after the two thousand and sixteen campaign brought forward widespread allegations of her husband's infidelities. (laughs) In her book, The Art of Her Deal, Jordan said Mrs. Trump knew how much her newly elected husband needed her and used the first months of 2017 to, she quotes, amend her financial arrangement with Trump, what Melania referred to as taking care of Baron. <laughs> so uh, oh, clearly uh, clearly, it's a financial arrangement oh, they have in place. Yeah. So she in she never even looks happy holding his hand no. you know, when they're coming off the chopper or Air Force no, One. Or... She's very much a, 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 a trophy. With the, not a tro- oh, that's probably yeah, not appropriate, yeah, but... Um, she just um, looks unhappy, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go there. <laughs> she never. So uh, it's looking like, according to the polls, yeah. that um, Biden stands a very strong chance of um, defeating uh, Trump, and the elections this this coming uh, November, yeah, November is. three. Yeah. 
So stand by for that. Um, but the point that you made quite quite rightly is they've got to come out and they've vote. Got to people. vote. You want to change? You got to vote. So um, I love Trump so much. I've uh, I've got a joke about him. <laughs> Oh, is he the new gift that just keeps on giving for us now? He is, right. he's, he's the gift in COVID. Oh, very so, uh, Donald Trump, a charity worker and a firefighter on a plane. The plane <laughs> loses power and starts to go down. The pilot comes out and says, we only have three parachutes. Someone is going down with the plane. Trump grabs a chute and says, I can't die. I'm the greatest, most intelligent, most beloved person who knows all the words and is overall a fantastic human being. He then jumps out. The firefighter laughs and said, that takes care of the problem. The charity worker asks, what do you mean? We only have two shoots left. The firefighter shakes his head and says, that idiot grabbed my backpack. <laughs> oh, I'll leave it a goodie. I oh, love it. I'll leave it a goodie. Very good, mate. There you go. So that's about a Trumpy, Trumpy Trump news. Trumpy, Trumpy. Yes. So, um, so two things. Uh, how old is Mr. Biden? Do we have a, a reference of his age? Joe Biden yeah, is, I believe he's in his late 70s, might yeah, even tipped over into his 80s. Really? Yes. He's, um, okay. he's in fact, 77 years yeah, of age. That's right. That's sort of a, 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 good, um, a good wine, isn't I'll it? I'll give you a reference. <laughs> Trump's 74. Yeah, right. Okay. Doesn't look it because his suntan's very, Yeah, because well, he, he puts the eggshells on his eyes and goes into the solarium. <laughs> <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Um, so he's actually um, a similar age yeah. to... Um, well, he, it's interesting because Ronald Reagan oh, yeah. um, was 69 at the time of his inauguration. Yes. Um, so Donald Joe Biden will be the oldest president ever elected. Same, uh, old mate um, Bill, uh, he would. It was he in his late fifties, maybe early. 60s. Oh, he was quite young, he was, wasn't he? he? Quite, you know, he was maybe even late forties. I don't mm. know, no, maybe fifties. Um, so there you go. Anyway, uh, now, uh, do you want me to scare you now? Yeah, please, because I've got the information. Oh, very so, good. So um, we were just pottering around at home yesterday and. Um, you know, chatting away and whatnot, and um, uh, the bride at home happened to speak about three things that she was um, interested in pursuing and buying and finding, and, but verbally, so nothing to do with said iPhone, no researching, no looking up, no nothing whatsoever, mm-hmm. and she, uh, she was looking up uh, beanbags, don't know why, um, don't have any. Um, she was looking up um, dog socks. <laughs> yes, I've got, a, I've got um, some of those. Yeah, so uh, the dog socks because they, you know, they're out the back scratching, and you know, we come inside and make them um, bring. Oh, them dog in. socks! I thought you meant no. socks with dog pictures no. on them. No, these are socks for dogs. Oh, yeah, God. so uh, these are a little ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, a self-opening um, rubbish bin. Of course, that you just wave your hand <laughs> over because every home should have one. Oh, just, COVID's been unkind oh, to you. Oh, There's oh, way too much time on people's why hands. We needed the self-opening rubbish bin. The, the other one had a pedal, and you didn't have to use your hand to open it; you could use your foot. But magic. Anyway, now we've got a self-opening rubbish bin um, that's in private place. Um, anyway, so um, Sid Bright at home uh, wakes up this morning and goes, "Oh my goodness!" I said, uh, "What's the matter?" And she said. Um, I've just had three ads on my phone for dog socks, for self-opening rubbish bins, and for bean bags. Wow! And she has not 
used her phone. So uh, I had, a, as I mentioned earlier, I had a chat to a younger member of the family, and she said, Dear Dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you have to go and turn your microphone off. So when you sign up to some of these things, it's all in the fine print. They can hear you via this goddamn contraption. So you've actually got to go and make sure you've got everything turned off. So Siri's always on. So I, I don't saying? know. I, I haven't had a chance to do it, but um, youngest member of the family said to me, yeah, I turned mine off on one of her apps that she had, and she said, I haven't had an ad since. Well, you know, how, you know, when you Google, things turn up in Facebook. I, I, I get that. Get all, so that's get algorithms that. and programs yeah. that are being written. This is not even touching your phone, talking in your home, and then the next morning getting three ads about the three things you spoke about. Not just one by coincidence, not two, but three. That explains a lot of really strange ads I've been getting on my Facebook feed. Oh, really? Um, Okay. Uh, End of segment. End of segment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there you go. Wow. Um, It's uh, it's how about that? It's you know it's seriously Big Brother stuff that we just can't even get our head around. So just go and check your settings and make sure if you've got a microphone that's on, just go through everything you've got in your settings and. You know, other than Bluetooth or something, I guess, just shut everything off. Oh God! And and then and then that leads, if I may, just quickly, and, and this is even more frightening. Um, there's a lot of hoopla now about TikTok, so I don't know whether you're a TikToker. No, no, no. Um, TikTok was created by the Chinese, oh, okay. and now they're concerned about um, what information what comes off the back of being part of looking at TikTok or signing up to it. So um, I know a whole bunch of people that have binned it in the last mm. uh, two or three days. Well, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to turn off my microphone. Very good. <laughs> okay. See you in a sec. See you, mate. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. This is Jamie Wincup for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. Racing high-performance cars around a circuit requires clear vision, judgement and split-second reaction. You lose all these three things when you've been drinking. If you and your mates plan to drink this weekend, make sure no one goes for their keys. Instead, stay over or arrange a designated driver who won't drink. You'll make the road safer for all of us. Hi, I'm Costa Georgiatis, host of Gardening Australia. Neighbour Day was started to draw attention to the increase in loneliness and social isolation across our country. And its messaging is more important than ever right now as we face uncertain times with COVID-19. 
even when physically isolated, people are showing us how to connect and support one another. Every day is Neighbour Day. Visit neighbourday.org for more information. Southern FM. The sounds of the Bayside.
Scotty. Got all a bit of hunters. You love the hunters. Love the hunters. Love yeah, the absolutely. Hunters. No, it's right. Uh, I had a uh, an album. Uh, I'm sure I've still got it somewhere, but uh, oh, they got a lot of play. Uh, if that was vinyl, I would have worn it out. Oh yeah, no, we <laughs> love the hunters. I had it on a CD, I reckon. We love the hunters. Every day yep. is a good day when you play a hunters yep, song, yep, and we yep, uh, heard yep. everything's on fire there. <laughs> uh, continuing week two of the fire, your fire theme. theme. Yeah, exactly. Those horns. Those horns. They call them the horns of contempt. Do they? Yes. The, wow. uh, the the brass section in the hunters and collectors, Jack Howard and, right. and Michael Walt- Waters and the boys. Yeah, really, really good live, especially live. Yeah. They were magnificent live. Yeah. Uh, one of uh, one of my favourite bands, uh, that for sure. Now, Scotty, I want to talk to you about eggs. Ooh. Do you like eggs? I do like eggs. Yes. I'm yes. Big partial partial to an egg. This is a really interesting story. <laughs> not to not. Not to, and the main point of it is that um, they've developed a process for extending the life of eggs, but I'll get to that. Right. But, is um, it a bit of byproduct though, of what they're trying to achieve? Yeah, exactly right. And I'll right. take you through that. Okay. But, um, it's Good. A, it's, it involves smoking. Oh. So something that uh, is really familiar to the show, given that we're called Two Smoking Guns. That's the chickens know it's bad for them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Go ahead, mate. So this is um, this is a couple yes. um, who formed the Smoked Egg Company in 2017. Wow! And um, they 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 have a, a Barwon River egg farm, um, Cozzy's Free Range Eggs. So they've had it for 15 years, and yep. um, they they do the normal, you know, chooks lay eggs, <laughs> sell sell <laughs> eggs to you know retailers, and then their intent with the smoked egg thing was to create an interesting flavour profile, right? Yeah. So they do a cold smoking process that, that, that have ended up giving the lives uh, the eggs an extraordinary shelf life. Anyway, right. um, they, uh, the discovery of their product's potential was a complete accident. Um, but uh, it's been interesting. They've seen increased value in it because they've been watching hoarders strip supermarket shelves, you know, with fresh eggs and toilet paper and everything else yep. that they take. Um, so the the... the one of the guys um, is Julian Porcos. So Paul yep. first trialled smoking eggs as a hobby. So he used right. to smoke meat and used to smoke right. everything else. He had a smoker and you know, brick ribs and brisket yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So um, they started smoking eggs at home, which is very hard to do, right? Because you've you well, know, got a shell. You've just got to have a shell. And where's the filter? You know, yeah. anyway. <laughs> are, um, are the shells porous? Well, yes. Well, they must be. Yes, they are. Right. So he started smoking everything and then they started smoking the eggs. Right, and then a couple of chefs started getting onto them, and basically saying the, the flavour profile was really, really interesting because um, they were making smoky egg cap carbonara and smoked egg burgers mm. and things like this, so just getting the smoky feeling through the, the flavour through the eggs. Yeah, um, he does things like um, smoked lemon curd and meringues and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's pretty interesting. Right. So what happens is unlike a raw egg. The smoke product held its form for days, weeks, and some, and sometimes months after after the process. Strike. Right. Normally, the white in the egg yes. deteriorates, um, becomes a liquid, so you can't use it yep. later in life. Right. But with the smoking, it holds its form. So not right. only does it have an interesting flavour, yep, lasts longer. Yep. Results from the National Association of Testing Authorities Lab. NATO. NATO. <laughs> got NATO, and now we've got NATO. Showed that over 18 weeks, a standard raw egg developed 21 million colonies of spoilage bacteria. Is that a lot? It's a lot. <laughs> While the smoked egg developed just right. 100. 
Ah. And the safe zone is considered to be less than 10,000. Uh, and the, it's the bacteria that actually makes the egg go off. Correct. Yeah, right. Okay. Correct. Got it. So I thought that was fantastic. Right in our own home pocket oh, in Victoria, down in Barwon Heads. So... Got two clever people yeah. that started smoking eggs for flavour, and now they've found that they last so long. So I, well. I, I only have two questions. Um, one, uh, have the chickens gone to the union because now they're not required <laughs> as often? <laughs> and two, when can we see a curried egg... <laughs> Well, that, hey? that, that so requires you might a different need, process. But well, I imagine a smoked egg with bacon would be a really oh, interesting flavour profile. Cracker, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah. It yeah. So I'm going to look out for some of these, yeah, smoked, some of these eggs. smoked eggs. Yes. Maybe we, uh, you know what we should do? We should uh, we should ring said uh, yeah, we'll give them a providers plug. and no, let's get them on. Get them on. We'll Talk get them on and have eggs. a chat about your, about your smoking eggs. Smoking <laughs> eggs. Very good, mate. So that um, that tickled my uh, yes. tickled my taste buds. Actually, no, I, uh, I saw. Uh, I, I did. Um, I did read it, but uh, it didn't make the cut for me. Oh. <laughs> but I'm very glad you did it, and I'm uh, and now I'm uh, much more the wiser about smoked yeah. eggs. Smoked <laughs> eggs. Who would have thought? No. It's a thing. There you go. There you go. So did it happen by accident? Yeah. It, it, yeah. He was smoking everything, and he must have. And he must have just left just left the egg in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Hey? Okay. Really interesting. All right. Well, how about this? Um, uh, could you use the word uh, propaganda in the same sentence as Vladimir Putin? <laughs> uh, quite often. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me now, try. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's propaganda machine. <laughs> Honestly, this just about took my breath away. But I mean, there is a potentially a serious side to it. So I, I'm, and I'm just repeating uh, we, as we always do. We're just uh, reporting on what others may have brought to the table already, and we're just sharing it with our wonderful listeners. Um, and just let me stop there for a second. I mean, if you want to contribute something to the show, you can send us an SMS 0404 736. If you want to comment on anything we've said or give us a whack or a slap or a sledge or anything in that world, just go ahead. We're, we're up for anything here. Mm. Now, uh, so let me uh, share this with you. I'm titled Ice Cream Propaganda. Ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, yeah. is, this, is this another cl- clever bit of sub-editing? Uh, no, this is actually right in the wheelhouse, this one. <laughs> so it's I spelled- love that. Do you know, I love that saying. I was thinking about it yesterday. You know, right in the wheelhouse. You know, it's the bloke that's driving the boat and it's yeah. where he's standing and it's a catastrophe if you get one right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Which is a lovely saying there. I, I digress. Um, uh, Moscow. Uh, President Vladimir Putin has been urged to ban the sale of multicoloured ice cream. Could you uh, hazard a guess as to why, Rutsi? Multicoloured ice cream. Yeah. Is he not a fan yeah. of the LGBTI community it's, in in uh, Moscow? It's uh, well, it's not here. Well, he's just being encouraged. But old mate, right in the wheelhouse for you. It's because it allegedly violates Russia's gay propaganda law. So there's a gay propaganda yep. law. So talk, um, me, talk me through the Russian Yekaterina Lakhova, an MP and the head of Russia's Union of Women said ads for the green indigo hang on, green here we go green indigo yellow and violet ice creams could result in children becoming accustomed to the LGBT movement's rainbow colored flag 
And that would be a problem how? I have the same negative feelings about the rainbow as I do about the swastika, Miss uh, Lakova72 said. So there we go. Um, Humphrey's got to put pants on. Uh, You can't watch Black Hawk Down. It's now just called Helicopter Down, and now you can't go and get multicolored ice cream in Russia. I mean, that that would be the only reason I'd be going to Russia, Uh, and now that's off the table. He, uh, Uh, He put that into law... In 2013, for the purpose of protecting children from information advocating for a denial of traditional family values. Oh, goodness me. This is the bloke that changed the law to make sure he stayed in power for the next thousand years, wasn't it? As heard last week on this very program. As you brought to the table last week, old mate. uh, It's a dangerous country. You know, don't go to China. Don't go to Russia. Oh, and, and while we're on... I was on... going to go to Russia. Were you? Yeah, I was going to go to St. Petersburg. Yeah, right. It's meant to be outstanding. Yeah. It's meant to be quite, you know, off the charts. Oh, it, it, won't be ordering know. any striped coloured ice cream. No, you, it's just uh, plain white vanilla. Well, is it white ice cream? Can you call it white ice cream? Yes. No? Yeah? Vanilla, it, I think it's, you call it. It's, it's not dark coloured ice cream. Is that mm. what we've got to say now? Seriously, the world has gone troppo. Now, speaking of the world going troppo, I did mention to you at the top of the show uh, that there was uh, an article about James Rain and things that he's doing. Hmm. But what caught my eye was, um, I'm, uh, I'm just hoping I'm reporting correctly, and I'm not. there's no names, no pack drill, so I'm not going to have a whack at anyone. Um, you can go read it for yourself um, in one of the dailies. Uh, but it looks as though the reporter had uh, lunch uh, possibly. Oh, well, they do this, right? They have yeah, a, so they uh, sit down they and chew, a... chew the fat, chew the bread, yeah. and anyway. So um, it, it didn't seem to be anything sort of out of the ordinary. They've gone to this establishment, you know, in Melbourne, uh, probably closer to the water than anywhere else, and <laughs> I was going to say somewhere between <laughs> suburb A and B, but I'm not. <laughs> but just for self-amusement, really. But no, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, so the bill's $134.70. Right. Uh, Remarkably close to Luna Park. Oh, uh, <laughs> possibly. Um, <clears throat> allegedly. Um, so the bill's $134.70. Well, that's that's, that's pretty, just a couple of entrees and a nice, pretty, nice bottle of wine. Uh, it's pretty reasonable, isn't it? Um, let me, uh, yeah, but uh, let me just tell you, there was um, there wasn't a bottle of wine. No, no, there was a glass. Okay, good. Yeah, so that's okay. Um, you know, thirteen dollars. It's that's you know, that's it's okay. It's not. You know, it's thereabouts. Uh, the piece that actually caught my eye... Uh, no, sorry, there are two pieces that caught my eye. Uh, one is that um, they ordered a Rotolo entree, and it was given as complimentary. Oh, Rotolo. Yes, Rotolo. Being a kind of pasta. Uh, I think so. Uh, yeah, something in that family of <laughs> food. <laughs> um, anyway, it was $18, and they just whipped that off the bill. So um, enjoy that on the house, um, uh, which it's a, is it's 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 um, it's um, kind of a spinach and ricotta pasta. Right? Yeah, okay, sort of there you go. Thing. So in fact, uh, there's something else that's now even caught my eye um, because I, they also enjoyed them. Some uh, they had some mini donuts. Have you ever no. had a mini donut? 
No, I don't like the big ones. Yeah. So there's a and one... I, and I like... Well, I like the Spanish churros. Oh, yeah, that's good. In the chocolate. Yeah, yeah, But I also yeah. like the jam donut at the oh, football. the hot jam donut. And when you bite into it, it burns your tongue. Yeah, that's right. It takes the roof of your it mouth out. It takes the roof of your <laughs> mouth out. I love it's a bit that. Like the, it's a bit like the melted cheese but, that just sticks to the we roof. We only get donuts at the footy when the Saints win. Yeah, so you don't mind yeah. burning your mouth yeah, well, with, you with, with lava-like... Well, you wouldn't have burnt your mouth yesterday, would no you? No danger of that are yesterday. We, are we going to go there today? No, I, I, no we oh, digress. Seriously. I, I, no, but that's a slap for me. I, I'm just going to have a little rant. Uh, anyway, I'm just going uh, you to... You need to play some sponsor stuff. I do. And I'm just going to hold on to this. We'll do it straight after this. All right, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 95021414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. As part of Victoria's big build, we're removing level crossings in the southeast. Buses will replace trains on the Frankston and Stony Point lines between Moorabbin and Mordialic until the 26th of July. Find out if you're affected at bigbuild.vic.gov.au Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. Southern FM sponsor. Can you imagine having to learn to walk or talk again at your age? Recovering after a stroke is a long journey. It's often very confusing and quite lonely. But there's lots of people who've been there before and are wanting to help. Enable Me is Australia's online stroke community. It's full of resources and videos, tools to guide recovery or share personal stories. You can even ask a question of a stroke health professional. It's for stroke survivors, their family and friends. And it's free from the Stroke Foundation. Visit enableme.org.au. In times like these, you can watch your favourite artists from the comfort of your living room, from their home to yours. But when it comes to the real thing, it takes an army of workers to help put a concert on. They can't work right now, but they're ready and waiting to do it all again. Until then, you can support the artists and the crew behind the scenes by donating to Support Act. Support Act, the heart and hand of Australian music. Too many people with a mental health condition see no way out. Eight people die by suicide each day in Australia. Three million are living with anxiety or depression. Beyond Blue Support Service is here to help. Your donation can help save lives. Uh, before the break, Scotty, we were we were talking about your James Rain lunch. Yeah. Before we got a little bit distracted by the donuts. Yeah. And dangerously digressed into talking about St Kilda's ineptitude yesterday. Oh, so let's not go, then, let's then, not go there because it's, it's a nightmare that I don't want to repeat. Oh, it was a disgraceful shit, effort after quarter time. Absolutely but, appalling. Um, on donuts, um, yes, I do like the jam ones and I like the churros. Yes. I don't like the uh, Krispy Kreme. 
confections of sugar. Oh yeah, no, they're 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 a bit. Um, it's just a tad too much sugar in yeah, those, I think. Like and what about those? Tad. What are those other things that said old big um, shopping centre up here? In uh, you know those things that waft up through the escalators? That <laughs> have you come across those ah. things? It's like a bagel thing, donut. God, I don't no. even know what they are. No. Anyway, uh, anyway, and they just and they flood the joint with the smell. It's yeah. not particularly nice either. Um, so let me just finish this off. So, um, so they've chewed their way through. Uh, one of them had a veal rump. One of them had a uh, cassoulet. Uh, they had uh, two uh, two grams of truffle. Did they? Oh, yes. Two grams of truffle. That's very rock and a roll, ser- isn't it? Ser- oh, very rock and roll. Uh, one serve of mini donuts that were. Uh, $16.50. Mm, but here's, here's the best one. Uh, they had an espresso, the, the wine I've covered off. They had two mineral waters. Yep. Yeah, you're a hazardous guess. At, oh, uh, mineral much. water is complimentary, yeah, isn't it, Scotty? No. Try $19. Is that right? <laughs> what kind of mineral water was it? I'll tell you what, it'd want to be from Dalesford or it'd something. Want to have <laughs> some bloody good minerals. <laughs> it'd, it'd want to turn your clock back about 15 years. Want to straighten your so hair anyway, or, or grow something yeah, you've not got any. So anyway, I'm not going to use names, but uh, yeah, $19 for two mineral waters caught my attention. Let me give, tell you, you, what, the, uh, give you the that's, tip. That's outrageous. Wine's cheaper. Wine's cheaper <laughs> than mineral water. That's right. Anyway, what have you got? Well, Serve me back over the yeah, net. Yeah, well, you're talking about um, James Rain. I've got another story here. Oh. It's... Um, it's not. It's a. It's a very sad tale because it's Johnny Depp, right? Um, and his former wife, uh, whose name is Amber Heard. Yes. And uh, as uh, breakups go, this one is a doozy, right? Right. So um, basically, the story is that he's um, he's basically suing the Sun newspaper. Yes. Uh, for uh, an article that called him a wife beater. Right. Uh, yep. So the case has gone to court, and uh, in um, five minutes of his answers into questions about Heard's evidence relating to allegations, all the right allegations you expect from a Hollywood actor, so sexual violence, excessive drinking and drug taking, right. all that sort of stuff. Yep. But there's a couple Stop of quotes it. through this. I don't want to make light of domestic no, violence, and I'm not. not Saying that, I'm just no. going through an article and uh, coming up with some coming up with some of the lovely quotes that have been quoted in here. Right, it was wonderful. Right, he'd earlier told the court, um, "I've been categorised, categorised, ca- characterised, categorised, characterised, <laughs> characterised." I've, la- I've been labelled, labelled <laughs> globally as a wife beater, right. and I went from he quotes Cinderella to Quasimodo in point six seconds. Oh. Which I okay. thought was lovely. That's, a, that's interesting a, analogy. That's an interesting analogy. Yes, indeed. And um, so anyway, then he um, he wrote to um, Amber Heard's agent, a certain Christian Corino. Yeah. And uh, this is a um, this is unbelievable. I don't know how much this would go to wear. Just let me quickly read it. No, no. I think it's okay. <laughs> I think it's right. Do yeah, I right. need to call Buffy? <laughs> no. He said... <laughs> Hang on. He said... Gavel. In, this is a letter, so it's been admitted to court, so it's on the public okay, record. Okay, it's on public record. She's begging for global humiliation. She's going to get it. I have no mercy, no fear, and not one ounce of emotion of what I thought was love for this gold-digging, low-level, dime-a-dozen, oh. mushy... 
pointless, dangling, overused, flappy fish market. Oh. <laughs> He hasn't missed. He has not missed. <laughs> that is what we call in wow. the classics a massive slap. That's a big slap. So, um, yeah, and the article goes on to detail the sordid uh, details around their um, domestic um, anger at each other and a uh, very, very sad story, but... Um, you know, there you go. I think I saw a picture of him in a fetal position almost uh, underneath a bedside table, if memory serves, in the last <laughs> few days. But there's, uh, there's yeah. tales of things being written on mirrors by bloodied fingers oh and there's, there's tales of feces on his... Oh, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's not and, really and fit and for... And it, Family radio. And as you it? said, not for a minute are we trying to take the mickey no. out of it. It's more about trying to... You know, but I just thought that was a pretty good slap, so I thought I'd share that with you well, because right. um, that's the, that's normally the sort of slap that our friend Sophie does. On well, that's normally <laughs> what... Megan Markle. Well, that's normally what we'd find in one of those silly silly magazines. Yeah, that, oh, I tell you what, we've got to, we've got to ruffle through those again soon, oh, don't we? we need to bust the, yeah, women, we need, the we, Women's we, Day and the I, No we, Idea We out. might, because um, what's coming up, and I'll, I'll come back to this, but yeah. what's coming up is the the block. El bloco. Um, so we might, um, because there was one little piece that I found where somebody has described um, one of the pairs as um, interesting watching. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be, uh, we might come back That's to that. coming on soon. We've talked about the block. <clears throat> we have. I think I um, commented on the um, surprising nature of their fence. Well, uh, do, do you want me to talk you through a bit more about the block while we're on it? Oh, well, why should not? We, should we do why that? not? All right, because then we can cross that off our list. <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting. Have you seen the? Have you actually seen the front fences? Well, I, I have driven past yeah. them. I drive past them on a regular basis. What, so uh, I think I'm on the record uh, here in the show as saying they are absolutely disgustingly putrid and horribly ugly. What What else did you notice about them? Anything in particular? No, I try not to look at them, Scotty, because they make my eyes burn. Okay, so there's just one thing uh, I have picked up, is that um, they're just ladders. Because they've created the front fence in such a way that there are sort of little holes where the bricks are sort of forward or backward, that you can actually stick your feet in, stick your hands in, and just climb over the front fence. So unless they're going to electrify it, or put barbed wire across the top, or broken glass, um, I think they might have some visitors from time to time. <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but um, just notice that for yourself next time, yeah. that it's a very easy uh, climb, allegedly. Um, <laughs> the other part that's interesting about this, um, and there's one pundit uh, that is suggesting that they'll go for about 3.5 million, so as you've probably seen, or 3.5 million plus, as you've probably seen, they've gone and bought tish old houses from yep. northern, you know, wherever, transported them, put them on the, put them in, gutted them. Basically, there's a some of them, yeah, I don't even think you can see the facade anymore. But um, anyway, they've changed them around. And then, of course, everything's schmicko and brand new, sort of from the back. There's a studio above the carport, mm. uh, above the garage, which there was. And uh, the one piece that actually did catch my eye, um, and I have had reason to be down there um, on several occasions uh, across the course of the build. Just climbing over the front fence. Uh, no, I was just <laughs> observing from the uh, nature strip. Um, but uh, there's a reference here to the fact that these are so fantastic that um, each house has a self-contained studio above the garage and all had plans for lap pools. 
Lap pools. Yeah. Well, lap pools are good because yeah. normally if you, you, it's, it concerns me they don't have the room for a lap pool because a good lap pool would be about 25 metres so yeah, you could swim laps. I mean, even even if it was a 12-metre lap pool, I mean, you know, 10, 12 metres. You'd have to metres, turn a fair bit. Well, you'd have to turn a bit. How many times do you reckon you've got to turn if it's about 3.5 metres long <laughs> and about 1.5 metres wide? That's one stroke. So, I'll tell you what. Um, that's not a lap pool, that's a jacuzzi. Uh, I, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'll share something with you um, off air uh, in terms of what these are. Um, and in fact, um, there, there is also some question around where they're actually located. So, one of them is actually between the side of the garage and the side fence, but uh, set back from the front of the garage where it gets no sun. Mm. Perfect mm. spot for a yeah. pool. So, there are, so I just think they're ice baths. But you probably um, don't need to uh, have, have them heated because you'll burn up a lot of energy swimming 50 laps. Well, I tell you what. In your 3 point mate, If, you, if you can do two strokes in that pool, I'll go he. <laughs> anyway, allegedly, uh, unless, unless something's changed, I think people might question the, um, uh, the poetic license around... Lap pool. Lap pool. Anyway, so uh, all the best to those people that uh, are wanting to go and invest in, in those. They, all the best. Uh, yep. They, oh, look, it's a lovely spot, and I'm sure they've done them very nicely. And uh, anyway, that's probably the last time that we'll have, ever have a chance to talk to anybody on said network about um, said program. <laughs> <laughs> when they listen back. Uh, anyway, here's what it is. Now, uh, so I've got another what one. have you come on? Well, I'm what staying have you on the Hollywood celebrity. Oh, it's really got you going. This really celebrity got a, got piece a few today on the celebrities. Have you? Yes. Righto. This is Robert De Niro, though, one of my favourite uh, actors of all time. Oh, yes. And uh, he, uh, it's a lovely piece. He's, he's being accused of being mean-spirited over money. It's been alleged he's a, he's a bit... He, that his arms might be a bit short for his pockets That's sometimes. right. But, um, but when you read the article, yep. you realise that um, that's probably... <laughs> it's, someone's taken that for a spin. Yeah, righto. So it starts off the 1973 film Mean Streets established Robert De Niro as one of the greatest actors of his generation. Right. Dozens of roles on hundreds of millions of dollars later. Yep. Lawyers for his estranged wife claim the actor was just as mean as the little Italy, Italy alleyways that his character Johnny Boy Cervello haunted. So you see what they've done there? <laughs> yeah. They've taken the film Main yeah, Streets and yeah, turned it into him yeah, being mean-spirited. Yeah, mean-spirited. Very yeah. clever, right? No, no, very you good. No, done well. So he's 76 now, Bob. Yeah. Getting on. Righto. Anyway, he, um, he's told his legal team he's been forced to dramatically cut his spending. Right. Um, because obviously, as you would know, that uh, he is, he's invested in a range of hospitality businesses with yep. a group of investors. Yep. Nobu, Nobu. etc., and the Greenwich Hotel and uh, in Tribeca. Yep. But, um, of course, they're all under a bit of financial difficulties at the moment because, yeah. um, you know, guests aren't travelling and restaurants aren't opening. Well, so, they're not, yes, they're not open. <laughs> no, no, that's right. So, um, one consequence of this dramatic spending yes. was that he had to halve the monthly American Express credit card limit that oh. his ex-wife, Grace Hightower, enjoyed. Oh, so so he had it, to halve it. So is it down to 10 grand now? No, no, or? no it no. was monthly. Yes. It was $144,000 a month. He's had to halve it. So she only gets to spend $72,000 a month, Scotty. Oh. I don't know how the poor darling is affording to put bread and you know, milk on the table. How will she cope? How will she cope? Yep. 
Uh, a lawyer for Mrs. Hightower, or Ms. Hightower, yep. said the actor had cut her spending power unfairly. <laughs> what part of unfairly is 70 mil? Is 70 then, grand. Sorry, big then, bone, 70 then, This probably explains everything. Right. Because um, when, when asked in court what she does for a living, yes. she is she's very versatile. She's a socialite. Yes. A philanthropist. Oh, yeah. And an occasional actress. Oh, occasional actress. <laughs> What's she been on? Nothing. We, no, nothing. Nothing of note. No. Okay. So, uh, and the philanthropy comes from spending other people's money, <laughs> clearly. Oh, yes. So, it's not about the fact that the her philanthropy work meant that the 70000 a month that she would normally spend in that world... Mm. No, it's got nothing to do with it. Denaro's wealth has been estimated at seven hundred mil, but seven hundred. Right. The family had always lived beyond its means. Right. Anyway, look now. To, in all fairness, they married in ninety seven, split in ninety nine, two years, reunited in two thousand four, and separated again in two thousand eighteen. So they've had a few years together. So she's probably entitled to some sort of compensation. But um, that's got caught my eye. Yeah. Because um, I don't know what. Uh, what uh, you do with your, uh, you know, credit limits, Scotty? But mine's nowhere near that big. Well, uh, you've got to you've got to be going pretty hard to be you spending be. 144 a month, don't you? You've got to be getting some of that hey? truffle that James Rains into. Oh, you, you just buy a truffle farm every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's outrageous. It is a bit outrageous, hey? isn't it? Anyway, and uh, the sadder part of that is we all live in the same world as these people. But anyway, uh, thank goodness not where they are. Now, um, speaking of money, yes. this one also caught my eye. Yes. Do you know it would normally be Wimbledon on around about now? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it would be. It's sort of july isn't it? Yep. Yep. So what, what the All England Club have done, this is staggering. Yep. Um, they've made the extraordinary decision to outlay $18 million in prize money despite cancellation of this year's tournament. Right. So they've paid everyone and they haven't played. Right. So they've announced it on the eve of what would have been finals weekend this weekend. There you go. It committed to distributing prize money to 620 players based on ranking. Right. So people like Kim Clijsters and Nick Kyrgios have got some cash. Right. So, um, Kyrgios said, thank you, an amazing gesture. You will always be our favourite tournament. Don't know what the Australian Open are going to think about that, but anyway. No. So, they used world rankings to determine which players will receive payments. The 224 competitors, men and women, who would have contested qualifying will be paid 22700 each, while the 256 main draw players will get 45500 each. For doing nothing. The 120 doubles entrants will pick up 11300 each. While Dylan Alcott gets 9100 They also also pay chair umpires, lines people, and comp- to compensate them for lost income. All England Club Chief Executive Richard Lewis said, We know these months of uncertainty have been very worrying for these groups, including the players, many of whom have faced financial difficulty during this period and would have anticipated the opportunity to earn prize money at Wimbledon. Our insurance policy had allowed us to recognise the impact of the cancellation to the players. Wimbledon has pandemic insurance of almost wow. two hundred. They have pandemic insurance of almost two hundred and ten million, which has been used to fund a range of humanitarian causes. Bit the only the only organisation on the planet that would have would pandemic have had pandemic insurance. insurance. How, how interesting is that? Now. Just riddle me this, Batman. Hmm. Uh, but could we not have got the players to um, sit at two ends of a room and at least 
play against each other on PlayStation. They could have. They could <laughs> and just shot it up to a big screen Mate, they somewhere. Could, they could have at least have had a crack at um, you know playing a singles game and then you know filming it on their phone. Why? 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 If you if you've got eighteen blokes running around, thirty six blokes running around playing football, how can you not have two tennis players that are thirty metres apart? Why can't I have green ball across the net? Correct. Don't Doesn't know. Need, don't need crowds. Doesn't add up to me. Hey? But anyway, remarkable gesture, though, don't you think? Oh, it's extraordinary. To a, to a group in a population, probably arguably don't need the dough, but anyway. So so uh, so Novak just picks up another 45,000, does he? Yeah. 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 He'd, he'd nosebleed that. <laughs> hey? he carry that around yeah, in his back agreed. pocket. All right. Anyway, hey, um, good, um, good looking is, after the uh, younger players. We just want to get a word in for a quick extra word in from our sponsor, and then we'll, uh, we'll be back. And uh, we might play a quick song as well. Okay. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. From Sandringham to South Yarra, you're listening to Southern FM.
Johnny Cougar, mate. That goes well. Uh, uh, now he's, had, uh, he's had several name changes across the journey. Was well, he John no. Cougar Mellencamp, yes. then he was Johnny Cougar, then he was John Cougar. Yes, and then well, he's, his real name's Mellencamp. Right. Right, but his manager felt that that was a little bit too, how shall we say it, non-rock star. Oh. So he renamed him Johnny Cougar. Johnny Cougar. So right. he didn't like that, so he went from John Mellencamp to Johnny Cougar. Yep. And then from John Cougar to John Cougar Mellencamp, and then in the uh, end he went back to John Mellencamp. Did he? So he's done the full three sixty. He's, he's come the full journey. He's come the full journey. <laughs> he was great though. I loved oh, his early good. work. His no, first few good. albums, I loved his yep. work. No, but you know he's uh, been married three times. Knocked out a good tune. And he's got five kids. And uh, five kids. Yeah, but the names are the special ones. Yep. Right, so the boys. He's got two sons, Hud, yep. and Speck. Oh. Now, I've always thought Speck was bacon. Yeah. What did they do wrong? <laughs> Those poor children. But his daughters, Michelle, a nice name. Yep. Teddy Joe. Teddy Joe. Teddy Joe. That's, yeah, that's from and, down south. And Justice. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> They should be included on that list of those stupid names Just, that we talked about. Justice has been arrested week. several times for misdemeanours. Oh, <laughs> no, my no, no. goodness, mate. No, she hasn't. I made that up. <laughs> hey, um, but I uh, oh, loved his early work. The Johnny Cougar Mellencamp. There you go. Well, and uh, something that just sprang to mind that I actually saw in the paper when he said he's got five children. Um, did you happen to see the piece about uh, Bert and Patty's daughter, whose name escapes me now, Robert? Lauren. Lauren Newton. Hmm. Um, expecting. Uh, they've got six children. Yeah, well, she's her just had her, her Yeah, just had her sixth child with mm. uh, Matt Welsh, mm. if, if memory serves. Ex swimmer. Yeah, swimmer. So, um, anyway, there you go. She's got a decent old brood. She's fertile. Uh, she's, yeah, she's kept busy. Yeah. Um, now, can I. Uh, well, how much time have we got? Before, uh, we're going to have one. Hopefully, I can get through this in time before we've got to take another sponsor break. And speaking of sponsors, go and support our great mate, um, Chris Tooley. Yeah. Um, please um, make sure you get down there when, uh, when we're allowed to go back out and, and buy things. Go and see him and he'll look after you because he's a great uh, supporter of this station and, uh, and of this show, um, being two smoking guns. Um, and again, if you want to uh, contribute anyway, I'll do this again. Zero four zero four triple zero seven three six. Now, 
Ruzzi, mm-hmm. uh, tonight on the tube, there's going to be, and, and I'm, uh, forgive me, I'm not, I'm not full bottle on uh, whether it's just tonight or whether it's a four-part series, but uh, yes. I know a four-part series has been played in the UK oh, in okay. relation to the Falconios, if you recall back in uh, 2003. Um, there was, um, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, in 2001, it was alleged that um, a young lady and her boyfriend, so uh, Peter, and um, and then, uh, oh goodness me! I now I've just lost my uh, I've lost my way. Um, and his girlfriend, uh, he disappeared. He uh, they were pulled over Peter allegedly. Falconio. Peter what, Falconio. What's her name? Lees. What's her it's name? Lees. It's Joanne. Joanne. Beg your pardon. So Joanne. This is the the so alleged murder was a guy called um, Bradley. John Murdoch. Bradley John Murdoch. He was. He was, he was um, the button man. He's clanged behind uh, behind bars in 2005. Now, so uh, look, I will praise you this a bit. So there's a whole bunch of stuff being alleged that um, information wasn't uh, wasn't collected. Information had been modified. Statements have been modified. But I'll, I'll just step you through some of this. Um, uh, others might have been intrigued by the loose ends and apparent inconsistencies in the case. Um, it was the uh, manacled and terrified Joanne Lee's girlfriend of Peter Falcone who, who ran and hid under a bush close to the Stewart Highway on July 14, 2001 and was not found by her alleged attacker in the several hours after he'd pulled over the couple in their combi van uh, early that Saturday night. She heard a bang, uh, maybe a gunshot after Falconio got out of uh, after Falconio got out of the van. She never saw him again. She escaped into the darkness and after the man manacled her and forced her back into the back of his ute. When Bradley Murdoch was arrested in 2003 after a secret investigation based on information from a criminal associate of his, some might have wondered if the police got the right man after all. A few might have been outraged about the possibility of a miscarriage of justice. Although the hulking Murdoch seemed an unlikely poster boy <laughs> uh, as an innocent, uh, 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 for an innocence project. Um, then there's Lee's factor. She always had, uh, always attracted attention and speculation because she combined striking looks with a prickly persona. Mm. So we've got a prickly persona uh, coming into play now. Uh, Lee's did not uh, behave the way most people would expect someone in her position to behave. The English rose was all thorns, and in the beginning even got police offside. She was more defiant and defensive than demure and diplomatic. In an early interview about the most terrifying hours of her life, she bluntly accused investigators of treating her like a suspect instead of looking for Pete. Well, she would have been a suspect, because uh, there was only three of them out uh, yeah, there, I mean, Scotty. Or maybe, Correct. allegedly. Yeah, and, and, a, and a dingo. <laughs> um, they noted 34 inconsistencies in her account. Body language experts raised questions about her behaviour when they reviewed the videotapes. This does not mean Lees was uh, lying, only that she acted differently from most victims and omitted things she thought irrelevant. The truth behind her guilty demeanour revealed through phone records that she'd had an affair with a man in Sydney and had been in constant contact with him. Underneath the shock and trauma, she was desperate not to air dirty laundry with police and the public, or, of course, with the grieving family of the man she'd intended to marry. Mm. Plot thickens. 
um, it was a terrible dilemma. If she'd been given a lie detector test, she probably uh, would have failed it. But that does not Im- uh, implicate her in what happened to Falconio. Mm-hmm. The lingering interest in Lees is partly due to her looks. Like Chappelle Corby, the celebrated drug mule, uh, arrested in Bali in 2005, Lees has a, a face that people remember. Vivid eyes, regular features, straight back hair that caused one Fleet Street reporter to liken her to Cleopatra. <laughs> That's a big stretch, I <laughs> would have thought. But anyway, good on you. Cleopatra look like. Um, and partly for her haughtiness. Lees not only looked like a soapy star, she acted as petulantly as one, uh, which did her no favours. That's made clear in the documentary Murder in the Outback, which is the one I'm referring to. Ah, tonight. right. See, it's on right. tonight. So not quite, uh, not quite so clear after four episodes is whether the conviction against Murdoch is an unassailable as it seemed in 2005. It raises some questions that, technically at least, might sway a jury. Well, this was all 20 years ago, wasn't yep. it? Yep. So, um, oh, why, yeah, 15. And yep. why is all this coming to light now? Steve? Well, because uh, what seems to have happened in the background is that, do you remember uh, old mate Andrew Fraser, who was the disgraced um, lawyer yes, yes, uh, who yes. had troubles of his own? And he uh, he did a lot of work for the bikies. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, more, more on that in a minute. Andrew Fraser was approached by associates of Bradley Murdoch long before the Netflix phenomenon. After years of research, Fraser and his then business partner, who don't talk to each other anymore, uh, produced a work in progress in 2017. Um, Murdoch is not exactly the charis- um, uh, exactly a charismatic accused. He has crime form by any account. He is, vi- he is a violent, drug-running, gun nut that most people might think better off behind bars. Is this Andrew Fraser or um, um, the um, Bradley John? Toss a coin. No, no, no. We're talking about our mate Murdoch. Right. Um, but he is the violent drug running gun nut. But is he the violent drug running drug? <laughs> try say that yeah. drug running gun nut that killed and or abducted Peter Falconio, or was it some other ugly mug and, and another four wheel drive? Uh, a, a description that fits about half of the territory's male population. Is there a slither, a sliver of doubt? Fraser and his partner have mined thousands of pages of prosecution documents and found things kept out of Murdoch's trial. Uh, they revealed uh, interviewed experts and vital witnesses, and some that are merely interesting, such as the couple who swear they saw Falconio days after July 14. So there's been a sighting as well. Yeah. Fraser builds a defence case that could be reduced to a short list of questions um, the average bystander might also like to see answered, as might a jury if Murdoch were ever given a retrial, which is Fraser's aim. So he's ah, trying to get him a retrial. Wow. First, there's a truck driver, uh, Vince Miller, who rescued Lees after she ran across the highway late on the night of the attack. Um, Miller has filmed reading aloud the police statement he made in the morning after he reads it uh, radiating disbelief, uh, then claims the police entirely misquoted him. The statement gives with Miller supposedly saying he saw a female with her hands manacled run onto the road. Miller says, in fact, he had no idea if the running figure was male or female. He, uh, let alone, uh, let alone malacated as uh, he slammed on the brakes to avoid hitting her, or them, as it turned out. Um, in his words, uh, his words were changed at will, that the statement might have been redrafted to suit the prosecution allegedly. Miller tells Fraser that just before Murdoch's trial, police told him the first two pages of the original statement were lost. 
Mm. So now we've got documentation. Yeah, now we've got stuff that's gone missing. And wanted him to sign a replacement version omitting an event that happened that night. Minutes before seeing Lees Miller says he saw a red car beside the side of the highway with two men holding a sick or injured man wobbling like jelly. Miller says he pulled up to offer help, but the pair pushed the man into the car and sped off. This was left out of the trial because police apparently considered it irrelevant. <laughs> Middle of nowhere, dodgy red car, two blokes with a jelly-like figure, but that doesn't mean anything, does it? Hey, I'm only reading what's, uh, what's been portrayed. But it could have provided a toehold for the defence, which is uh, Fraser's point exactly. Um, it goes on to say, Murdoch's prosecution case in front rests on one spot of DNA found on Joanne Lee's T-shirt. The mystery is how one tiny fleck of Murdoch's blood got on the shirt. If it wasn't deliberately placed there through noble cause, corruption, which used to happen too much in hard-to-prove murder cases, we'll just drop a little bit of blood on this and make sure this sticks... Or laboratory contamination, it is conceivable, says Fraser. It happened because both Murdoch and Lees visited the same fast food store in Alice Springs. Not sure how blood gets transferred in the fast food store, but anyway. Um, crucially, the scientists say that the DNA samples from the combi van, which the jury accepted uh, were Murdoch's, were in fact weak mixtures that might not have come from Murdoch at all. Um, so look, I've sort of gone on a, a fair bit, and I reckon we might just let the rest play out in what we're going to watch tonight, but let me just finish with this. Such is the possibility that Falconio, known by his English mate, says Dodgy Pete, Dodgy, <laughs> Dodgy Pete. Pete, right, might have secretly have array, uh, agreed to a run of parcel of drugs to Darwin without Joanne's knowledge and tried to double-cross his minder, or was ambushed by the mysterious minder following their van. So oh, it's going to... Uh, oh, that adds a bit of juice So that to sort it. of adds a little bit. So we've got stuff that's gone missing. Alleged we've got, drug mules. We've got uh, evidence being... We've got, uh, we've got uh, statements being altered. We've got statements gone missing. Mm-hmm. We've got alleged drug mule. We've got a dodgy Pete. We've got a petulant girlfriend who's been having a we've, lie down with got, another bloke in Sydney. We've got poster boy Bradley so John. So we've got poster... <laughs> And uh, she's trying to keep the, the love affair of the old mate in Sydney. So, I mean, mate, mate, if that doesn't add up to be one of the best cakes you'll ever eat, oh, <laughs> I can't wait to watch got, that tonight. That's got hey? stuff written all over that's it. Got, I might have to, that's got, uh, have to put the tape recorder yeah, that, on that, for that, that one. That's got watch me written all over it. So, anyway, I'm sorry if it was a bit long-winded, but I, it's one the, of the, I like these things. They catch your eye, don't they? Well, they, they do, because, I mean, you know, it's 15 years ago. Not, and then you've got, you know, Fraser, who's yeah. been inside, you know, at, at His Majesty's Pleasure, because he, you know, he put too much um, talcum powder under his arms, and um, and now he's representing Bradley, and it's oh, it just it's got everything. It's got it's, <laughs> it's got a lot of that uh, that mystery, hasn't it? About yep. the stuff that happens in the middle of the outback. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's like, like uh, the Lindy it, Chamberlain. It's like the Wolf Peter Creek. Falco. It's well, I I wager that Wolf Creek was made as a result of. Oh, is um, that what that, oh, that it is incident? Too. Oh, because, it is too. I beg your pardon. Because You're right. of the You're Bradley John Murdoch character, he's quite a striking individual. Yeah. 
and the John Jarrett character, I think, was yeah. modelled to a degree along those lines. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he had to try. <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> but anyway, no, it was a uh, no. Uh, all jokes aside, he uh, it was it was pretty interesting. And I might, in fact, I might even have to go back and watch it again ahead of then watching this. So that ah. might be interesting to sort of go and see what was portrayed. I see. Because, I see. Because we're taking it on the face value that old mate uh, incarcerated is the one that's, you know, he, he's like, he's front and centre, you know, swing me from the roof, right? Yeah. So, uh, but now it's like, hang on. Have they interviewed him inside? Uh, it doesn't say that. Oh. Um, but obviously associates um, have managed to <laughs> gouge out Mr. Fraser. Um, uh, Known to the prison system. Uh, well, he probably he probably does know how the world works a, a bit. So anyway, well, that's very go, fascinating I'm, viewing. You know, uh, I know you were licking your chops, getting your teeth stuck Well, I was. One. And, of course, it's written by um, the, the great counterpart of Sly of the Underworld. Um, you know, oh, he's Mr. Rule. Uh, by Mr. Andrew Rule. So mm-hmm. uh, Rule does um, great work. And um, I had the pleasure of uh, working in the same organisation as him many years ago. He's a terrific chap, and uh, he's a, a multi-award winning uh, scribe and uh, and writes really well. He well, we shall take stuff. a break and uh, okay. further digest uh, the permutations and the combinations that might open up tonight. Oh, lovely. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. People often say, I can't imagine what it would be like to lose my eyesight. I don't have to. At 28, I lost my vision within a month. I also lost my job, so many friends and my independence. But thanks to Guide Dogs Victoria, my guide dog Audrin has given me back my confidence. I trust him with my life. Help Guide Dogs Victoria provide mobility and freedom. Please call Guide Dogs Victoria to make a donation on 1800 804 805. Hyatt Neighbourhood Community House is dedicated to creating a welcoming community atmosphere through running affordable classes and events for all ages and abilities. Featured classes include playgroup, art, fitness and teen gaming, plus room hire. Key events include Higher Ground, Photography Competition, Lion's Den and Hyatt Hub Livingston Street Party. Sharing the space with the Hyatt Seniors and Greek Seniors, we are located at 2 Livingston Street, Hyatt. To get in touch, call 9555-3797 or visit our website at hyatt.org.au. Hi, I'm Pauline O'Brien, the presenter of In the Middle of an Island. Come and join me on Wizfiz Island on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon, where I just play the music that I'd love to listen to, whilst I'm just laying back in the hammock with the remote control and a lovely strawberry daiquiri. In the Middle of an Island, on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon. Plenty time to do some kissing, plenty time for lots of loving. From Paran to Parkdale, you're listening to Southern FM. She crossed herself As she put on her things She has promised once before Not to live this way If she don't calm down She will burn her 
myself out like a forest fire. Well, doesn't that make you smile? If you don't slow down, I swear that I'll come round and mess up your place. Let's go for a spin. Say we shouldn't even know each other, and that will be undone. Don't let make you smile like a forest fire. I believe in love. I'll believe in anything that's gonna get me what I want, get me off my knees, and we'll burn your house down. Don't it feel so good? It's a forest fire. Every time we get together.
Uh, I love a bit of Lloyd Cole on the commotion, Scotty. One of my favourite, favourite, favourite songs really? from a great man. Lloyd Cole on the commotion. Right. From their first album, Rattlesnakes, which is Never was a heard that song in my life. You are kidding nope. me. You nope. are kidding me. No, I'm looking at, looking at the words and you know, looking no. at the title and listening to it going... That sound has never adorned my ear. Well, that surprises me. <laughs> no, I mean I'm a, certainly aware of the uh, massive the, in the mid '80s Lloyd Cole in my life, and uh, he was a he was a master of the lyric, um, very urbane, very articulate man. Right. And uh, as a segue to that, yes. <laughs> I want to talk to you about analogies. Oh. So there's Very a good. lovely thing that's crossed my desk on really poor analogies right. that are written by some high school students. Now, it's for the point of clarification, just want to make sure everybody out there and listening, this is one of the segments in on the show where oh. we do a bit of um, uh, teaching and a bit of learning and right. instruction and education. Is there a strong language? No, there's not. There's not at all. That's, um, That's surprising. It's one of people people who know their English would know yep. that an analogy is is a comparison. It's a yes. It's it's a reference to something else to give explanation or clarification. So it's it's like life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Brilliant, Professor. Right. Yes, so, indeed. With with that in mind, <laughs> I can't wait for this. Here are twelve of the uh, worst analogies um, uh, that have been un- unpacked by some school teachers in marking assignments oh, by high school students. Let me have it. So we're going to go through them each, and uh, just to give the listeners a bit of a chuckle. So the first analogy is her eyes were like two brown circles with big black dots in the centre. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this, that's no. a really interesting analogy. I've oh, got nothing. I've got, no, got nothing. Number two. Yeah. He was as tall as a six foot three tree, which is a really... Oh, okay, so... It's not really an analogy. It's it, just a statement. Was, was he six foot three? <laughs> yeah, okay. Her face uh, was a perfect oval, like uh, a circle that had its two sides gently compressed by a thigh master. Oh, all I can conjure up there is somebody sticking a balloon between their legs and squeezing it yeah. or something. Oh, that's ridiculous. From, from, this is the fourth one. from the attic came an unearthly howl. The whole scene had an eerie, surreal quality. Like when you're on vacation in another city and Jeopardy comes on at 7 o'clock instead of 7.30. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. This is my favourite, I think. This yeah. John and Mary had never met. They were like two hummingbirds who also had never met. <laughs> um, if fail. <laughs> fail this is in description. Uh, she had a deep, throaty, genuine laugh, like the sound a dog makes just before it throws up. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. The, fail. The ballerina. <laughs> The ballerina rose gracefully on point and extended one slender leg behind her, like a dog at a fire hydrant. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say, like an elephant performing at a, at a circus. <laughs> That's nuts. This is a good one, too. Oh, come on. He was as lame as a duck. Not the metaphorical lame duck either, but a real duck that was actually lame. <laughs> Maybe from stepping on a landmine or something. <laughs> Oh, that's that's called 
duck a la kaboom. <laughs> He's just taken the analogy attempt and just kept oh, going with it. Man, oh, that man where's that brainwave yeah. gone? Her, vabli- her vocabulary. <laughs> oh, careful. Her, her, <laughs> careful. Her, her vocabulary was as bad as like whatever. <laughs> yep, yep, you're right. <laughs> Oh, whatever. (laughs) Three to go. This this one. She grew on him like she was a colony of E. coli and he was room temperature Canadian beef. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) The revelation that his marriage of 30 years had disintegrated because of his wife's infidelity came as a rude shock. Like a surcharge at a formerly surcharge-free ATM. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) And the lucky last. Oh, come on. Love it. The lamp just sat there like an inanimate object. So, um, is there more to that one? Or that's, <laughs> that's it, that's it. <laughs> he hasn't even attempted the analogy. Say, he's, just, he's just left that one dangling in the breeze, anyway, really. I just thought it would be an English uh, humour to the. Um, to we the love it where things just don't go the way they're planned. And, you know, we with the lovely saying that we've always got here what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yes. It should be the mantra for our show. Oh, there you go. That must, oh, well be a great jo- mate, must be a great job, Marky Assignments and coming across oh, those gems. Can you imagine? I mean, how, how could you even mark them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Now, I'm, I'm, I was talking about fire, because yes. this has been the theme of all my songs yes. today and last week. It has. And last week I unpacked some interesting facts about fire. Right. I've now got um, six of the more interesting ways that and weird ways that fires have been caused. Right. Okay, not with a box of matches, no. I'm assuming. <laughs> so, there's six causes of fire here. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is investigators in London studied 2,000 incidents in the capital in a bid to highlight the importance of fire, fire safety yes. and discovered some truly weird cases. The following made the top six. Ooh, this, this has got uh, Button Man written all over it about fire. <laughs> a teenage boy on his first date sprayed a can of deodorant on himself. Then inexplicably lit what remained in the can, causing an, an explosion. I thought he, I thought you were going to tell me he'd self combust. <laughs> so he's gone the links, and then he's lit the links can. Seriously, a toilet roll dropped down the loo was placed in a microwave to dry it out. Whoa, smart move. Yeah, no nah, pass. A dog hit the controls of a toaster as it leapt onto a worktop to reach food, setting fire to a bag. Right. Okay. That's in. That's right up there. That's right up there. <laughs> that's for sure. This is an obvious one. A fridge freezer caught fry after a mouse got in the back, shorting the electrics and probably shorting itself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, same time. shorting its life. <laughs> a pair of boxer shorts being used to apply linseed oil to a floor caught fire. Whoa. Mm. Linseed oil. And this is my favourite. Yeah. A pigeon dropped a discarded lit cigarette down a chimney, starting a fire in a bird's nest. That's random. Now, that's right. That's random. That, that's seriously random. I thought, there you go. Causes well, of fire for Well, I'll tell, I tell you what, I'll, I'll share one with you that's a true story because it was a colleague I used to work with. Um, we were sitting in a meeting one morning and uh, he gets a phone call. Um, you'd better get home. The fire brigade's at your house. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, lo and behold, um, old mate I worked with, um, sure enough, the, about a third of the house was just all burnt down, sort of towards the back kitchen, old bits and pieces in the laundry. And as it turned out, it was the lint inside the front cover of the dryer oh, yes. that actually caught fire um, because it was too hot mm. and um, kawushka. Up, uh, up she went. Always check your lint. So I, I can tell you, I once a week pull the front of the dryer off and mm. remove said lint mm. because it can build up very quickly and become very thick. And good on your Hector the safety yeah, cat. And I, <laughs> heck, good on your heck. Um, and I never leave it on uh, if I leave the house. Um, for that reason too. So um, brilliant. Anyway, I'm sure they make um, lint-free <laughs> dryers <laughs> these days. But ours is a bit old and it still works, so it gets a run. No, correct. Anyway, correct. there you go. What have you got for me? Well, I'll sneak this in before the break. Okay. But there's been a bit of bikey news. Uh-oh. There's been a couple of shake-ups at the uh, the head of a few bis- bicycle gang. No, no, bikey gang organisations. Second time I'm doing this today. Yours. Yes. <laughs> so there's been a couple of moves at the Banditos. Yes. Right. And there's been a couple of moves at um, at the Mongols. Are you familiar with these organisations? Do they like each other? I probably not. <laughs> I'm familiar with the names of them. So, I don't know anybody associated with them, Your Honour. Now, the article <laughs> starts, um, shock bikey gets boot from gang. Right. Um, outlaw bikey Shane Bowden has been kicked out of the Mongols motorcycle gang. 47-year-old was targeted in a drive-by shooting July 1, which is suspected to be an inside job. Right. He just got out of jail, five-year stint. Um, he got out of Loddon Prison. Right. And uh, this is a great article. Welcome because, home. Um, Bang! Yeah, what happened, what happened was he, um, he went to jail because he, uh, he, uh, he, um, he was convicted over Agberg in Ag South Yarra. He burst into a property wearing night vision goggles with fitness model Janet Campbell and oh. attacked two people inside. Right. And then he went inside for, for that uh, for five years. Yep. Um, anyway. Uh, he got out of jail and um, he was uh, picked up in a stretch limousine and given a Mongol escort back to the oh, base in Melbourne. Come on, seriously. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, and then uh, just recently um, attacked with a uh, shot, right. um, hitting him in the lower body. He discharged himself from hospital soon after the attack. Tough, right. tough character. Was he assisting police with their inquiries? Two, two, <laughs> two unknown assailants have since been on the run. <laughs> Motive for the attack remains under investigation, but it's not uncommon for fallouts to occur when a senior bikey member returns, such as Bowden, right. uh, following long prison sentences. So, right. So he um, he and New South Wales-based National Mongols President Mark Ferret Moroni was also ousted from the club. So um, there's there's moves afoot so at ga- the Mongols. So game on. Game on at the Mongols. So um, Mongols. he probably viewed his stint at uh, the governor's pleasure as uh, a form of protection <laughs> because clearly the minute he got out, um, he attracted a piece of lead. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Bo- Bowden's time as a Mongol began in 2013 when a majority of Fink's members oh. patched over to the international gang, which was founded in California. Yep. yep. Uh, the yep. Mongols established a foothold in Melbourne after opening a clubhouse in Port Melbourne. Yep. The club has had several internal fracas since. Oh, fracas. The mo- it's got most, love a good it's mo- most notorious member is Toby Mitchell. Yeah, Toby Mitchell. Yeah. Yep. And in other news, the Banditos <laughs> have ousted their national president, Jason Addison. Oh. Addison, a stonemason from Echuca. A stonemason, of course he is. <laughs> He's was, got a... <laughs> was suddenly disposed oh. in favour of Sydney boss known as Big Tony. Oh, Big Tony. That uh, wouldn't be Big Tony. The reasons for Addison being dumped are unclear. He's been the Bandito's president for two decades. Wow. A, rare, a rarity in the outlaw motorcycle gang world. It is not known whether his sons, also Bandito's bikies, remain at the club. Yeah. That's a good stint on his CV. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's consistent, you know, he's committed and uh, carried them through good times and bad. And um, yeah. 20 years, and then you get the bullet or the boot, or maybe both. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure. You look he's, perplexed. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's been ousted, and um, we need now to do a bit of work on Sydney boss known as Big Tony. Big Tony. I, I want, well, I was about to ask you, is Big Tony the same um, Big Tony that's uh, at the Governor's Pleasure now? Not sure. We think it might not be sure. different. Anyway, we'll take a break one let you digest the biking news for the day. <sighs> Thank you so much. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install blockout blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. I feel like absolute crap. I hate myself. I hate my hair, my face. I have no personality. Nothing makes me happy anymore. I had no idea my daughter had depression until I took her to a GP. I just thought she was being a typical teenager. The doctor helped me deal with it. Helped make sense of things. Help someone find a way back from depression and anxiety. Find out where to get help at youthbeyondblue.com or call one 300 224636 From Morty to Malvern You're listening to Southern FM Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher 
And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire The taste of love is sweet When hearts like ours meet I fell for you like a child Oh, but the fire went wild I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire The ring of fire the Ring of There's Fire. There's nothing better than The Ring of Fire. Johnny Cash. I, I had good Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Did we, uh, we played Johnny Cash last week, did we? We might have got a bit of Johnny Cash in at some point. It was last week. Always a good day to play Johnny Cash. We always Cash. just... It, it, mm, every mm, day mm. is a good day yep. if you can play some Johnny Cash. And another one of Johnny my Cash. fire songs, that one involving <laughs> Rings of Fire. Rings of Fire. So, yes. <laughs> is that any uh, any attachment to a Vindaloo? A like beef Vindaloo. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Vindaloo there were many other it. fire songs I could have played. In fact, there might even be around three next week because there are so oh, many. Really? But it might might be getting a little bit old uh, now. The well, fire songs. Okay. Well, see see how you go. I'll see you how you, I you go. reckon if it's at, at the acceptable level that you set yourself yes. as the uh, as the master of music, the song theme, uh, you just go right ahead, old son, and you uh, you just play whatever tune uh, uh, tickles your fancy. Well, now, well, what? What yep. you're going to do now is yep. something that's very interesting. I, I am, because, and, and the, of course, the motivation, and, and we talked about this several months ago when um, I, I read a little article about um, the right brain uh, workout, and it's a book. It's actually written by um, Russell Halcroft with a, another chap called Alex um, Waddleton. And of course, Russell's now Russell's joining. Going to do a bit of radio. Going to radio, and uh, Lunchy's going to uh, step down. I think that's happening pretty soon. I mm. think that's happening sometime this month. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I, I was interested because I just thought it's it's a, a really interesting time now. Um, ISO two point one and uh, and lockdown. And there's only so much Netflix you can watch, and uh, even my kids sort of say to me at times, you know, you know I'm a bit bored, you know, what can I do? And it's like, well, you know what, here's something that's completely left to field, and uh, in relation to the fact that uh, this is about right of brain. Oh, very good. <laughs> I, love I saw what you did there. Uh, yeah, anyway, does that have a name? 
I'm not sure. Oh, I tell you what did come up the other day. I was, oh. I was watching Millionaire Hot Seat. I know what came up. Portmanteau oh, came up. Correct, it did. Yep, and I got the answer wrong. <laughs> It was, uh, it did, and I, I was sitting there watching it with the bride, and I said, it's one of our favourite words <laughs> oh, yes. on this show, whenever we see a portmanteau, we can't help ourselves. So, so you're going to educate the uh, listeners? No, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, I'm just going to, I'm going to give them something, um, so if you don't have this book, so, you know, when you're sitting there in, in a moment going, well, I've read the paper, I've read all the Netflix, or, done you know, Sudoku, you done know, the puzzle, exactly. done so, the you know, sourdough, baked my gingerbread. This is about going and getting a blank piece of paper, and, uh, and a pen, or texture, or crayon, whatever you want to do, um, and this is about challenging your right brain. So I'm going to say to you, uh, between the pages of 1 to 70, mm-hmm. I want you to give me three pages. I'm going to give the, the listeners uh, three different things, and uh, when you have a moment and you're not quite sure what to do, why don't you sit down and just have a crack at this? Um, it can be fun, it can be challenging, and uh, but... Um, it's about just making sure you keep your brain active. And I think during these times, um, when we're all sort of spinning around like a mouse on a wheel, just sort of doing the same thing, and we can't go anywhere, and we're having the same conversation, uh, this might just inspire you to um, open up the uh, the toolbox upstairs on the right side and uh, and have a crack. So it's a lucky dip. It's a bit of a lucky dip. All right, it I'll is. Number seven. Right. So number seven. Do I go in with my other numbers uh, now? No. No. no, no. no. We'll, we'll just start with number seven. We'll start with seven. Right. So yes. um, uh, uh, is there a seven? Oh, yes. Uh, so here we go. Mm. Uh, number seven. It's called Planet X. Mm. Uh, somewhere between Jupiter and Saturn is an undiscovered planet that is inhabited solely by children. What is it called? How is it different to planet Earth? And how is it similar? Ah. Right? So you've got to sit down and, uh, and gurgitate all that. So I'll just read it again quickly. Somewhere yes. between Jupiter and Saturn is an undiscovered planet um, that is inhabited solely by children. What's it called? So you've got to name it. Uh, how is it different? To planet Earth, and how is it similar? All right. So you can and you can ponder through that now, or you can ponder through that. I'm silly. What? Why don't we both do it? What? Uh, what? What I'm going to call my planet is um, um, the um, doesn't even have to make sense. That's the beauty of this. Uh, it doesn't have to make sense. You could call it Earth. No, it's good. You know, like an Elon, you could be like Elon Musk and call it X2. Yeah, well, that's what he called his child. Or, you know, some relation to children and maybe how many, you could call it 20 million. Or, I don't know. That's the beauty of this. I'll call call it... um, There's no rules. I'll call it adolescence. I Uh, will... How is it different from um, from Earth? Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's, It's a lot quieter. Quieter, right? Because they're all on their phones and devices, right? And and how is it similar to it's, Planet it's, Earth? It's similar be it's similar because it's got oxygen, and, <laughs> and <laughs> otherwise they would be dead. <laughs> there you go, righto. So that's the first one. So a little bit of oxygen for you. Give me another number. Forty-four. Forty-four. It's not quite legs eleven, but it's forty-four. Okay, this is called colorblind. Uh, draw the color red using only a blue pen. Oh, I like these right? ones. So you might need to take that one on notice. Draw the color red using only a blue pen. Yes. 
right? Yes. That's it. That's all you got to do. Well, you just write red, don't you? Draw the colour red. You've got to draw it. It's got to, I don't think you can use letters. Oh, you've got to draw, got to draw, draw the colour red. Yes. Right. Well, yeah, I'm just going to draw a fire. Could be. Could That's just be kind of red, isn't red it? Red sand from the or outback. A or a clown's nose. Could be a clown's nose. Correct. Yes. Or a clown's feet. So it just says or draw a, the Or a lollipop. Draw the colour red using only a blue pen. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, I like that so one. So that's got your, you know, hang on. Hang on. Got the matter moving around. Yeah. Right, that's number two. Give me another number. All right, 53. 53. Lucky 53. Okay. Um. This is called real time, R double E L, as opposed to R E A as in film, as in a film reel. Imagine you are watching a time lapse movie of your entire life. Mm-hmm. What stands out? What's the accompanying soundtrack? This is <laughs> right in your wheelhouse, boy, mate. <laughs> so again, oh, I guess what stands out is all the big moments of your life. Yeah, so right. imagine watching a time-lapse movie of your entire life. What stands out and what's the accompanying soundtrack? Oh, the accompanying soundtrack. Hey, A choice of 55 songs. <laughs> hey? Oh, oh, killer. Killer. That's a, that's a that's really a, hard question for me. It's a ripper. Because yeah. someone oh, like you that might then God. go, There's, I've got... 30 songs that represent my life, you've actually just got to choose one. Oh, well, I'll choose the song that I've played on this show a couple of times. Yeah. Um, by a band called Super Drag. Yes. And it's called The Staggering Genius. Yeah, The Staggering Genius. <laughs> there you go. Righto. Very good. Would you like one more? <laughs> yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, come on. Give me another number. Go on. We'll go 15. 15. Righto. Right. It's just, I just... I Already... You can see that this you, is you, fun. You start to just oh, you can play. You really can play this all night. This okay, is great. Oh, this is uh, this. Uh, uh, the the opposite of this would apply to you because you wouldn't be dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Lionel Richie. <laughs> so this is called dancing, dancing on, on the, the ceiling. ceiling. Yes. Invent a new dance step based on the first piece of furniture that pops into your mind. Describe the moves in detail. Maybe you'll invent the couch. Or the nightstand, or the table. <laughs> so again, uh, invent a new dance step based on the first piece of furniture that pops into your mind. Imagine for the lazy Susan, you just be spinning around on the spot. It's the banana lounge boogie. Exactly. Yeah. Describe the moves in detail. Maybe you'll invent the couch, the nightstand, or the table. Well, it's the it's the beach. It's the um, banana lounge boogie. Banana Lounge Boogie, and yeah, the mo- and the moves are the back the back goes up and down, and the, <laughs> and the bottom goes up and down, and the middle bit stays the same. So it's kind of like a bit of a like an air traffic controller in the jet. <laughs> Trying to get a jet to land on an aircraft carrier yeah, with the paddles. Very good. So there you go. We might even do that again next week. Oh, I like um, that. You we, can do well, that. Well, I've recorded the. That'll numbers, be even so better don't... with a glass of wine, man. Well, that's right. You know, and I mean, you even might find for you specifically, like you might find um, something in here whereby it inspires you to paint. Well, I've been doing a bit so, of painting. No, no, no. That's what mm. I mean. I just think maybe if you were going, what should I paint now? You go, Flicko. Ah, yes. And go. Very good. Right. If an apple a day keeps a doctor away, what does a pear a day keep away? 
A pair. You, <laughs> a pair well, of you, apples. They, you, you might find some inspiration to carve out a new pico. I like it. So I just thought, you know, maybe just to get the grey matter ticking over, we should all, I think, try and do something a bit different. Love it, mate. Good. In in, in that vein, yes. joke of the day. Oh. <laughs> we, need, we need a little... Have you got a laugh, Steve? Oh, You've got to find me a little laugh, Steve. So, um, well, um, find a little... Oh, that's what we need. Right. At the front end and the back end. <laughs> Hit well, me with your look, joke, mate. I, I might need it at the back end. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you might not like this gag. Come on. But this is an old favourite of mine. Oh, so yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's about a man. Yeah. And he becomes a train conductor. Yeah. And uh, he gets the job and likes it. Um, but one day... He gets a bit distracted. Yes. He's a Bulgarian um, train conductor. Yes. He gets a bit distracted and he forgets to couple of, put a couple of the carriages together. <laughs> right. And the train goes round the bend and tips over and kills, kills a man. Ooh. So Bulgaria takes him to court and they find him guilty. They sentence him to death by electrical chair. Yes. Asked for his last words, last meal. He didn't have much to say, but he asked for one banana. Right. The executioner gave him his banana and sat him down. Yes. Pulls the lever, sparks fly, smoke fills the room, and as it clears, he's still sitting there. Right. At the time, Bulgaria had this superstition. If someone outlives their death sentence and yep. survive, yep. they're free. Yep. It's a sign from God. They go. So like, he's, like a witch. Like a witch. That if the woman doesn't drown, she yeah. gets to live. So he gets a second chance. He's off again. He's back working on trains. Um, so it's going, going fine, but um, <laughs> one day had a few drinks on the job, messes up again with the carriages and kills two people this time. Right. So he goes back to court. Same deal. Guilty, death chair, electric chair, asked for his last words. This time he says nothing, but he just asked for two bananas this yeah. time. Yep. So a bit suspicious about this at the moment. They gave him his bananas anyway. Flip the switch, flip the lever, smoke fills the room, sparks fly, smoke clears, he's still sitting there. <laughs> lucky charm, right? Third time lucky. Well, you know, that he goes back. But <laughs> um, obviously, you know, third time, he doesn't learn his lessons, uh, he he kills three people this time, right? Yes. He's back again. Yes. This time the court's a bit fed up with him, you know. People are a bit outraged. No more of this. Um, no more last words. No more last bananas. You know, none of that. Which It's gone this time. Right. So he cranks up the voltage, you know, gets it really revving, you know. <laughs> flips the switch. The whole town power supply <laughs> surges. Goes through. Smoke settles. And he's still sitting there. Oh, what? So they're dumbfounded. The nation's in shock. When they ask him how he's doing it, he replies, well, the bananas didn't have anything to do with it. I'm just a bad conductor. <laughs> oh, dear me. I wasn't quite sure where that was going, but anyway, uh, well done. Up, there you go. Joke of the day. Now, uh, just the last sort of couple of final pieces. Uh, I was going through the essential lockdown facts that uh, obviously the government oh, yes. put out because they're very important. Very important. Um, and, you know, you've got to hang on every word. So when I uh, read, um, can I go to work? It says, yes, you're permitted to leave home to attend work if you cannot do so from home. Mm. And then it says, will fines apply? Uh, and then it goes on to say, on the sport fines. <laughs> on the sport, <laughs> oh, fines. sport fines. So there are sport fines now of $1,652. Okay. So on the sport fines uh, will come into play. So uh, just be careful. Because uh, uh, if you get an on the sport fine, I think that might be worse than an on the spot fine. Oh, correct. I'm not quite That's sure. Type. Um, and then there was just this lovely last little piece before we uh, disappear for another Sunday. 
Uh, this was uh, this is uh, Paul Poo Man <laughs> that I hadn't shared with it's you. It's not like the joggers well, that. Oh, uh, well, it's sort it's sort of, it's yeah. but uh, this just reads beautifully. The man who busted into Scomo's house. Scomo, yeah, he busted into Scomo. Uh, oh, I beg your pardon, Scomo's. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Scomo's backyard, and threatened to tish in the pool <laughs> <laughs> as part of a political prank. He has been jailed. Oh. Oh, no, no tish. No. <laughs> uh, Dean Fletcher, 33, uh, pleaded guilty to trespassing and inciting a criminal act after he and Caitlin Cooper entered Mr. Morrison's yard armed with three cans of cider. <laughs> Not sure what the correlation is, but uh, Fletcher uh, had organised a joke Facebook event for people to watch the cricket by the pool in protest against Mr Morrison's response to the devastating summer of bushfires. Um, sentenced, uh, so a magistrate sentenced him to four months jail after noting Fletcher had a cocky, arrogant attitude. <laughs> oh. uh, Mr Carney read uh, from the police report that the accused showed no remorse and appeared quite proud of his decisions on this day. Fletcher has granted bail to appeal. Uh, and then goes on to say, describe the incident as a prank that got out of hand. I regret causing any harm or distress to Mr. Morrison. He said outside court. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well, that's a oh. lovely way to finish up. <laughs> uh, just, just on a tish note. <laughs> so, very good. All uh, right, mate. Well, look, enjoy enjoy your uh, week of uh, 2.1 yeah. lockdown. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna do right brain. I'm going to do some right brain. I might do some right brain drawing. And unless, so. um, you know, the the world revolves on its axis and changes, we'll be back here next week with more of the same for the smoking guns. Thanks for listening. All right. See you, mate.